0: of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day, brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Greetings, former Decepticons. This is Starscream, and you're listening to Transformation Animation Podcast.
2: Will these infernal setbacks never end? The revolution
1: begins now. Transformers we oh My name is Optimus Prime, and this episode of Transformation Animation Podcast features Stephen C. Phillips, Mike Blanchard, and Michael Wilson.
3: Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of Transformation Animation Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joe, and Mike, and joining me is Steve Megatron. Hello. Good day, sir. And Pecan Court Michael. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Much better now. <laughs> So, Steve, what have you been up to uh,
4: besides launching uh uh x r g
3: don't you tell people what that stands for for people that don't know
4: extreme ritual gaming There you go yes, so that'll it'll be like one shot episodes of old shit and some new new stuff depending on what I decide to do,
3: yeah. Yeah. Anything else going on with you? Uh no. Okay. Michael, what are you up to? I got my new iPhone. Oh, so so the black guy in, at the UPS store didn't steal it. Okay.
5: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
4: Darkside didn't take him. Uh- <laughs> uh, inside joke. It-
5: yeah, it's way inside. That's
3: what she said. It was like well behind the
5: green door. That's what she said.
3: UPS thing. It was a. It was a story on on the local local news here. One of uh, some black guy that worked at UPS stole a bunch of iPhones off the UPS trucks. One of them so was yours. One
5: one phone and tried to hide it in his shoe. Yeah. And Nobody's then
4: calling to, me. I swear.
5: And what? then got caught during a random search. So, yep. hey-o for UPS in their random searches. Where did that come from? I'm not happy.
3: So, have you already started talking dirty to Siri yet? Uh, I did. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Come oh, on. It was funny for about 30
5: seconds. I I said, "Siri, who's your daddy?" And Siri says, "You are. Can we get back to work now?" And that nice. that, uh, that satisfied me for the moment. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you know, I don't want to get too dirty, because that's just not in my nature. Oh, god. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Actually, if you go to uh, uh, com, there's a whole bunch of screenshots of of people saying rude things to Suri and how she responds. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, I always forward people to that. It's like, you know, I don't need to mess around with Suri, because everyone else has already done it. Yeah. She's got, like, five different responses to what
3: is the meaning of life. Is that, is that an app for the iPhone? Siri is the new voice uh, activation on the iPhone 4S. She, she's a personal assistant. Yeah, she's a personal assistant. Basically, your phone can now talk back to you. Yeah, wow. so you, you tell.
5: So, like tonight, I said, Siri, send my wife a message. And Suri said, What would you like to tell Chrissy? And I said, you know, if you're gonna come home now, you know, wait until the boys go to sleep. You know, because <laughs> the boys were both like, I'm gonna wait up until mommy comes home to read me a book. And I said, mommy's not coming home. <laughs> I'll go to sleep. <laughs> so she ended up coming home and reading them a book anyway. But but Suri <laughs> comes. Sorry, Suri comes up and says,
3: <laughs> like,
5: yeah, there's an idea. Exactly, a Tara strong voiced uh, Suri called Suri. So uh, but but Suri says you know, here's what your message says. Would you like me to send it? And I looked at it, and it looked about right for the most part because the voice recognition is still a little hokey. But, uh, you know, that, and I don't speak properly. But, uh, yeah, I said, yes, yeah, send it, and it sent the voice message or it sent the text message using nothing but my voice. Yeah. So handy to have. It's a neat little tool. I guess. Yeah, 4S exclusive, so you have to have a 4S to use it.
4: Yeah. Or us be with you.
5: Well, I'm hearing now that they're going to have Suri on the uh, the new iPhone, or iPhone, the new iTVs, or the Apple TVs. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? You just sit in your living room and say, Suri, bring up such and such a movie.
3: Sorry. Well, I mean, that's that's no different than what we see in movies and television. I was watching, uh, and this was a couple of years ago, I was watching an old episode of Numbers where um, this guy got killed by his computer, supposedly. And his house was all voice-activated. So, I mean, you know, I'm not surprised that Apple and Suri and all that stuff are, are, are going to be doing that. That doesn't really surprise me, because I'm like, oh, wow, it's finally here. It's actually real now. Right. <sighs> kind of real. Suri is still in
5: beta.
4: And yeah. she'll be talking dirty to you in coming years.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, if she's on I know I know Apple is is anti porn but holy crap if she Would you on like
1: the- to watch your porn, 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 porn. porn.
3: sir? <laughs> oh, oh. All right so let's uh let's sorry <laughs>
5: find my <laughs> japanese schoolgirl porn please.
3: Yeah.
5: Downloading Coming right up. Yeah. Oh
3: my god. All right so <laughs> we are going to get into some episodes before this goes down the shitter anymore. Wow 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 wow
1: So. Autobots lighter to Wasp, call wasp traitor, the not traitor, but still chase Wasp. you oh, Wasp confused. That sounds pretty simple to me. The Autobots betrayed you and now you hate them. Been there, done that.
2: Spiderbots understand Wasp?
1: Oh, you and I have quite a lot in common.
2: Ladybot Wasp friend?
1: Mm, something like that. Oh, like it? It's a trans-warp generator. Up until now, they've only been used for intergalactic transport, but... Oh, but I'm boring you, aren't I? And just when I was getting to the good part...
2: Good part? Good part?
1: This good part. Ah! Now, don't be alarmed, sweetie. This is power. Power to destroy your enemies. The ultimate combination of cybernetic and organic. And it can all be yours. Oh, don't let those little hiccups bother you. Science marches on. (laughs) Oh, you trust your friend, don't you?
3: First up today is an episode that Steve better have a lot to talk about on, Predacons Rising. The Autobots and Elite Guard pursue Wasp, each with their own agenda. However, Black Blackarachnia has Swoop capture Wasp in her latest attempt to get rid of her organic half. Jetfire and Jetstorm attack the Dinobots so Sentinel can get in, learning of Elita's fate, while Wasp emerges as Waspinator. Um. Alright, so... Mm. Let's see. Uh f- Crap. Oh, hey, look. The Tilio Owen Forward. That's kind of cool.
5: Yeah, I mean, if you are going to have somebody write a Beast Wars episode.
3: you got to have those guys do it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let's all argue while the suspect gets away. But it's a great argument. Oh, it's, a, it's an awesome argument. It's, it's gonna a great be argument. The, it, it's going to be in the episode somewhere, probably later on in the quotes. It's an awesome argument, but it's like, seriously, <laughs> you guys are going to, you know, you know, you're going to boast your chins out at each other while the suspect gets away. <laughs> the primer prime. Did you just make that up? No, it's a real word. Look <laughs> it up. It's a real word,
5: look <laughs> it up. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's kind of sad because they chase Wasp for like five minutes straight. Yeah. And then at the end of that, he
3: just gets away. Yeah. And this was kind of a waste. So Bumblebee still first... won't
5: apologize.
3: Yeah. Well, the. The very first episode or the very first time I had seen this episode on, on TV when it was still airing when Sentinel called for grapple didn't realize he was calling for a grappling hook out of the two jets I thought he was calling for the character grapple I was like oh cool we're going <laughs> to have a grapple we're going to have a grapple appearance awesome uh, see I thought
5: that that's what he was calling the combination
3: yeah cuz
5: he says grapple and the first thing they do is combine yeah. And I thought, well, that I don't like that. And then there's a grappling hook coming out of their ass, and snagging him on the noggin.
3: Now, there's, there's a scene a- a- after that, that you know, as, as, they're going to, as Sentinel and the, and the Jet Twins are going to Dinobot Island, after they arrive, Bumblebee and Optimus arrive as well. First of all, we know that they've driven underwater in this series in the past. However, the one thing I think was missing from this scene was them riding the waves on hydrofoils like in G1.
5: Cuz you can't get enough of the hydrofoil.
3: Yeah. Well, I th- I I think I think it was was it attack of the Autobots or I don't know. It was an early season 1 G1 episode where Optimus and all the other Autobots were all on hydrofoils to get to some, one of the dams. I think it was Sherman Dam. No, it was in it was in More Than Meets the Eye. That's where it was. Yeah, the Hoover Dam. Um, yeah.
5: They, they could fly in that episode too, though. So, I mean, they hadn't quite nailed down the dynamics yeah. yet. Now, what I didn't understand is why Prime was saying, don't go to that island. You don't know what it's on that island. Because Prime and uh, Sentinel... And I think there. Ultra Magnus had already yep. been to the island. Yeah, that's when they met uh, Dino. Uh, Dino <laughs> they met Grimlock there.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was weird. Uh, Transwarp generator looks like an upright uh, an upright stasis pod from Beast Wars.
5: No, it looked like a Brundle teleporter.
3: Oh, okay.
5: I, I felt for sure a Brundle fly was going to climb out of there. <laughs>
3: Uh, this episode, at at the end, or when Sentinel finds out what happened, this is the only time in the entire series I will give him a pass. Uh, because he didn't know what happened to Alita 1. Oh.
5: Not only did he not know, but he just had no sympathy whatsoever.
3: <laughs> not
5: really. He just said, you are gross. How can you live with yourself? I'm here to put you out of your misery.
4: <laughs> well, it's like he just found out that uh, basically... She was putting herself out there for the Decepticons and he's like, "You die bug.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I wish jazz was on Earth more. I love jazz in this series. I I just wish we had more jazz on Earth. Um, We do. It's in music form. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office.
3: and uh, you know, oh hey, look, it's it's the Maximals. Uh, I did also write down the waspinator line, but I'm sure Steve will say that at some point. So, Steve, what do you have for Precon's Rising?
1: Well,
4: I like this episode the most out of all the season three. Point being, wow. uh, it's written by Larry DiTilio and Bob Forward. Granted, they can only do what they can do with the series, being that it's. Animated and it's not Beast Wars, uh, but I do like the nice touches that they kind of throw in there to kind of tie it into Beast Wars somewhat, and also uh, actually explain some things uh, that should have been explained a long time ago in the series, such as uh, the whole Black Arachnia origin.
3: Well, they did... Know they
4: did, you... but they didn't explain it to, like, Sentinel or something. Right. So it should have been actually told a while back on that.
5: Hmm.
3: And this work. is the first time, or these, ep- yeah, yeah, the, yeah, this episode is the first time that we actually see her entire organic head. Uh, yes,
4: and you, you get kind of a Beast Wars, mo- or Beast Machines multi-head, or multi-eyeball vibe yeah. from it, almost yeah, like a mix right. between her transmetal and her, uh I mean, because she had the classic head, technically, before, uh, with the helmet on it, and then, uh she ends up with the other afterwards. Um, I like the fact that she's trying to basically figure out how to reverse engineer the whole process by screwing with Wasp mm-hmm. as a science experiment, which is something that she would probably do. Yeah. Um, I don't I think really...
5: We're getting our black arachnia here messed up with our. Uh... Oh, hell, I forgot his name now. no
3: well see now black do some of this kind of stuff
4: in season three i mean she did do kind of her lab experiments in season three more so
3: yeah on herself yeah
4: well yeah but i mean that's
3: the same thing she's doing here she's trying to do experiments on herself well she was originally but now she's to the point where she you know experimenting on herself isn't going to work so she has to find another way to do it
5: right and instead ending up with uh, a bunch of giant green vials of goo.
3: <laughs>
5: Don't mind them. They're just I like how yeah. bumps on the road to science. What else, Steve?
4: Uh, I like the whole fact they get a transwarp generator in there. Yeah. And uh, she thinks she's been able to uh, get it to work correctly for a different use other than transporting. Uh, I, The whole transwarp thing kind of I mean, that's another Beast Wars token there. Uh, a wasp goes from this tiny little bot to this Gigantor bot, looming over everybody after he becomes Waspinator. I unfortunately don't care for the, the way they portray Waspinator here. I feel bad for Wasp himself, but like as far as like Waspinator... I, I know that they didn't have McNeil, and I know they don't have the same kind of... um... animation or anything. I, I like the form. I probably would have bought the toy if I'd seen one like this, but... uh... I, I just didn't care for the persona for what little there was.
3: Yeah. Hmm.
4: But I do like the fact that they did have Waspinator in it, along with Black and he had to tie something else into Beast Wars. Uh... You started like, you were going to say something. Not
5: me. Uh, uh, that might, I, might have been me. Actually, I was reaching back into my... Uh, I was going to say,
3: Michael's probably looking to see if his his waspinator toy is, is show accurate.
5: I did. You you said, oh, I'd get a waspinator. And I was like, I've got a waspinator. I'm going to go look. And, <laughs> no, he looks pretty close. I mean, the waspinator on the show had a bigger uh, thorax. He had a bigger ass end. Uh, but I mean this one looks pretty pretty good.
2: I can't find map on a thorax. <laughs>
4: that was a beast wars. But anyways, um I, I like how Waspinator has an explosion moment in itty bitty pieces. And he still functions.
3: And he still says his famous line Waspinator has
2: plans. <laughs>
4: Yes. Um, <laughs> I love that. And of course, I, I like the fact that Black Aratnia was transported to the Beast Wars, and it, it I... almost alludes to the fact that she knows what that timeline is. So it's kind of yeah. strange. Uh, See,
3: that that's the thing that doesn't that I don't really get though. They have never really said, like, throughout Bulkhead's entire speech about transwarping and space bridges and everything else, they've never said in this series that it can go through time and space, just that it warps you around the galaxy randomly. And this is the first time that they, and this is, you know, this does kind of, as much as I like the homage to the Beast Wars characters at the end, this does feel kind of forced because they don't really explain it. They don't ever say... Oh well, the transwarp stuff can go through space and time. They never specifically say it in this series. They said it in Beast Wars, but they didn't say it here. I don't get the impression that she
5: went through time. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't get the impression that she went back to prehistoric Earth to, to start the Beast Wars series. Uh, you know, Derek Wyatt basically said, "Don't read too much into it." Yeah, well, I know is, not to read uh... too much into it.
4: Because, I mean, of course it is Larry Dettilio and Bob Forward just in this particular episode tying some of it back into Beast Wars for irony's sake. Yeah. Uh, But I could almost... and and, It it almost makes sense, but it almost doesn't. Uh, I could almost equate this to uh, Black Arachnia's first arrival out of the stasis pod. (laughs)
3: Like,
4: being formed in in the Beast Wars world and then looking in on her. As if they had been there. So, I mean, it could almost yeah. be like she transported her to that stasis pod and woke up and was like, oh, bloody hell. But,
1: yeah. you know. I mean, there's uh, a
4: lot
5: of ways you could interpret it, but it's just.
4: But it just, it, it doesn't fit with any way of that it could connect to Beast Wars. But uh, I do still like the nice touch of that she was transported and there are those characters staring her in the face.
5: Yeah. So. a nice uh, reference.
4: Yes, it was a nice reference, and, and I, I do like the fact that they did it, but um, obviously it doesn't fit whatsoever as far as that's concerned. Uh, but I, I just like, I, I can't remember the line she says at the end, but I like the fact that she acknowledges the fact that she's just kind of like, ah, oh, crap.
5: Yeah, she's like, oh, you got to be kidding me.
4: And there, and there are these huge, I mean, uh, on what planet would a rat be almost the same size as the cheetah?
3: That's true. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a rush. So,
4: it kind of equates the fact that it probably is somewhat Beast Wars, wherever this is. You, you could almost equate it somewhere that Black Ratnia was either A, destroyed, or B, something happened, and then, uh you know, that she was replaced temporarily with this. I almost wanted to do that for, like, when she died in season three, except for the fact that there's no transmetals here. Yeah. So, uh,. But yeah, it's it, it, there's not any way that you could really tie it in. But it, I like the touch, so it's uh, I, I well, like this episode overall.
3: Right, yeah, and and the thing is, I mean, because I'm I'm looking at the wiki because I was I was looking at the wiki for for the Waspinator toy, but in the notes on the Waspinator character page, Derek Wyatt states on his blog that this incarnation of Waspinator is inspired by his Beast Wars counterpart, but made more monstrous and bug-like. Wyatt examined photographs of actual wasps nature shows like Life in the Undergrowth, and monster movies for inspiration. The FX Studio Audio Circus added the insectoid clicks and other background sounds for the character. And Derek himself has always been a Waspinator fanboy ever since I've known him on Twitter, and even when we were doing Beast Unleashed. And I would, you know, send him the, the screen caps of Waspinator that I had taken originally in Beast Wars. He's always been a Beast Wars fanboy. As far as the way that the writers handle it, I don't know. I mean, Derek is just character design. I'm not not trying to take away from his job, but his job is, you know, art direction and lead character designer on the show. Really, he has nothing to do with the story writing. Um, I think but I he, know has, he, is he has more
5: than, than most art directors do. Yeah, that's true. I think he has an awful lot of input into the storylines, Especially oh, right, where, right, where right. Marty but Eisenberg just, I, is involved.
3: Yeah, no, I know that, but what I'm saying is that I don't know, like, I I know he had a lot to contribute, but I'm not sure, like, individual writers like Michael Ryan, like, you know, whoever, you know, I'm not sure how much he was able to contribute to each episode, so. Well, that and,
5: well, yeah, I I was going to say, you know, when it comes down to, uh, homages that may pop up in the background and things like, like Wyatt toys or Mm -hmm. things like that. That's all him. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something that was specified in the script.
3: Right.
5: It's just, well, we need a location and he would build that or have that built. So, I mean, even if it's not something specifically mentioned by the writers or by the script writers, it's still, you know, his, his, uh, uh, within his purview
3: Right. One last thing I'll mention before Michael talks about his notes is one of the things I absolutely loved uh, when Wasp was no longer an Autobot. He's now a quote-unquote fugitive. In the fugitive Waspinator mode uh, in this episode, he has no faction symbol. He just has a black spot on his chest.
5: Mm.
3: That's also that could also you know be homaging the G1 rub signs too. So.
5: But when he comes out of the the Fly Teleporter, he's uh he's a Decepticon.
3: <laughs> Why is
5: sick of
2: being Sick of being Predacon?
3: <laughs> that didn't happen till the end. I know. What did you have uh, for um...
5: Predacons Rising? Yes. Uh, let's see. I wasn't terribly happy to see Grimlock. Kind of sick of Grimlock, to be honest. I'm tired of him.
3: Yeah. Um, my, yeah. My my problem with Grimlock is they show him, but they don't ever use him. Like, they they would rather use uh, Snarl or Slag, you know, whatever, and they don't want to use Grimlock. That makes no sense.
5: Well, it's like, hey, we're at the island now. Who do we talk to? Well, the only Dinobot that talks, which is Grimlock. and it's like, all right, we're kind of sick of talking to Grimlock at this point. But uh, I especially liked Sentinel Prime's reaction to Alita 1. Or or more to the point, his reaction to Black Arachnia being Alita 1. And, I mean, that was kind of heartfelt. Up until the point where he said, a robot with an organic mode? Ew! Ew.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: you know. And, you know, I... I kind of get that I understand but at the same time he's he's very serious when he says you know this is wrong I need to stop this you know, I, you know I'm i sorry about what and he didn't actually apologize but it's like you know he feels it this is my fault this is something that I that I, I let happen and now I have to stop it
0: with the lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com.
5: No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And he's yeah. more than happy to, you know, skewer her with the Lance. Oh, that didn't sound right. Yeah. spider for spider kebabs. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, I like that. Uh I I liked Waspinator. I liked the whole, you know, Have you ever seen The Fly? I've not.
3: not I've re- been, I probably my my mother probably forced me to watch it when I was 6 years old, which scarred me for life on horror <laughs> movies, but He's but, scared of the fly. Yes. What?
5: Jeff Goldblum? You're scared of Jeff Goldblum?
3: At six <laughs> years old, anybody would be scared of Jeff Goldblum. I,
5: I, I don't believe in
4: dinosaurs. <laughs> exactly. Wow.
5: Uh, have you um, ever heard of flying?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's where this episode kind of comes from. It's an homage. Well, not this episode, but the, the Waspinator's. The, yeah, The, the
5: Brundle teleporter, right. So the, the doors of the Brundle teleporter open up, and Waspinator comes out, and it's like, oh my god, it's a Brundle fly. He's like, pigaboo. <laughs> <laughs> and he puts a shotgun to his head. He goes, Here we are. Yeah, but anyway, I like Waspinator. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I mean, it's like, well, we can't just have. Mad science going on here. We have to explain it, and and the fact that the 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 Brundle teleporter was literally supposed to be a teleporter pod. You step into one pod, and whatever you put in there is magically sent over to the other pod and reconstituted. That's why there were two of them side by side in, in right. Black Arachnia's lab. But the uh, the the science behind Black Arachnia's experiments are uh, transwarp energy. Transwarp energy is basically what the the uh, transformers consider teleporting. So you so so you go into warp speed. And psh, you're transwarping. So you disappear in one place and reappear in another. So I thought that. Looker
3: was... speed, go.
5: <laughs> exactly. So that's uh, uh, I thought that was an interesting connection to make. Um. Uh, I I wasn't really happy when Waspminator went critical, because it's like, all right, because we use transwarp energy to teleport him or to to mangle him or whatever. Now he's uh, now he's so full of transwarp energy that he goes critical and teleports everything around him.
3: Well, he didn't teleport everything. Black Arachnia put a cocoon around the two of them, and she well, basically uh, shielded. I mean, if it, if if he had teleported everything. Optimus and all of them would have ended up on that planet or wherever the hell. Well, I think she
5: shielded them just enough, but still there's a goodly chunk, a big circle of that Island that disappeared. Yeah. And I mean, when I say everything, I mean, a, a, a big circle of the Island went with them. <laughs> and if you look, well, at the Island afterward, it looks like there's like a Bay where the water came in. Yeah. That was, that was a circle that disappeared. Um, if you look at the end, where in the, in the Beast Wars moment, you know it looks like they're in a a forest, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that that forest was the, the chunk of island that was teleported elsewhere. So you really can't see outside of the forest, but that that chunk could have landed anywhere.
3: Yeah, that's true.
5: Anyway, but that was part of my 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 weird harebrained explanation as to why there were animals there. Oh, yes you know it could have been they could have landed in a the jungle they could have they, they, I don't want to say they're not even on the same planet there but that's we're way too far-fetched I, I prefer to take Derek Wyatt's uh, advice and just not think too deeply into it <laughs> otherwise <laughs> your brain will hurt exactly I think that uh, uh, when he first mentioned that on Twitter I had created a graphic it was, uh, it was one of those you know internet mem type things and it It had the screenshot of the the Beast Wars animals, and at the top it said something like, you know, don't think too much into it. And then below it it says, you know, Beast Wars animals, uh, your argument is invalid. (laughs) I forget. I'll I'll send you a link. I forget exactly what I said, but I I thought it was funny at the time. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Oh, the one thing I didn't mention was was watch... Before Wasp became Waspinator, uh, he kind of looks at the at the teleporter unit and says, "No, thank you."
3: Yeah, that was <laughs> awesome. That <laughs> was awesome.
5: He's like, uh, "I don't, no, I don't think this is a good idea." And then she shoves him in, and he starts screaming. And she's like, "Oh yeah, it's uh, that's gonna hurt." <laughs> oh, take it like a Predacon, Waspinator.
2: It's <laughs> the so one thing this whole show is missing. Yes, it would have been so much better if they'd gotten Beast Wars Megatron in there as well.
5: I can't argue with that. And they would have killed Optimus Prime. Who'd win in a fight? <laughs> Didn't we ask David Kay who'd win in a yes. fight? Beast Wars Megatron? or Yeah, I think it was uh, Season 4.
3: Yeah.
2: Season four Optimus would actually have a running. But if not, being that season four did not occur, Optimus Prime would be
3: underneath my heel. (laughs) Or your T Rex claw. Or Or your or or he might be under your cloak.
2: (laughs) I would not put an dirty Autobot under my cloak.
5: Come here, (laughs) here. Blackarachnea. Under his cloaca? What? Under my cloak. <laughs> Somewhere in Kloaka. cloaca. Goddamn dirty ape. It's dark and warm in here. That's the only line
4: that was missing from Beast
5: Walls.
3: Goddamn dirty ape. <laughs> Get
2: your hands off me, you goddamn dirty ape. Uh, Moving oh, I, on. I, I, I we have anything else track. for
3: Criticals Rising?
5: I should have been in it. <laughs> no, I'm, I just want to hear Beast Wars Megatron ramble for another half hour. This is awesome. No,
3: because we'll be here all night. Oh,
5: Cheers. I so miss Beast Unleashed.
3: <laughs> 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 oh, crap. All right, we are going to move on. Finishing the final phase of Operation Autobot Soon, the Autobots will unite
2: with us. Soon they will call
3: themselves Decepticon. Up next is the Human Error two-parter. We're going to be talking about part one and part two. So for part one, Porter C. Powell is selling sound wave action figures on Christmas. For $19.99.
5: Is...
3: How does he do it? <laughs> And this has Optimus feeling a little uneasy. All seems well, though, until the Autobots wake up the next morning and discover that they have been turned into humans. And with the Autobots out of the way, the Decepticons move in with a full-scale assault. Uh, is this the second, third, fourth, 27th holiday in TFA? I cannot keep fucking track at this point.
4: It's been like five years because they've celebrated Christmas like four times.
3: <laughs> but yet, Sari is just now is t- explaining to them what the fuck Christmas is. Celebrate uh,
4: it until she got her uh, her big upgrade. If you know what I mean.
3: Yeah, oil nog. Seriously, I. This is the one. <sighs> this is one thing that I really hate about the TFA language is that they're turning all of the Christmas stuff into Transformer stuff. Are you
5: serious? This is the oil nog. Oh, well, like, it's I like, like Autobot
4: push-ups or whatever, and
5: uh, transform it's just ups. stupid. Yeah,
4: Transform-Ups, like transform- or
5: or, <laughs> or Sparklings, or whatever. <laughs> Drop and give me 20 Transform-Ups. I yeah. like that uh, Soundwave spikes the oil nog. <laughs> he, like, <laughs> okay, wanders over we, there.
3: You kind of you jumped ahead on that. Uh, some <laughs> a roofie, you know. You I liked wrong. how he did it, though, because it, almost, it looked like his G1 thingamajigger on his right shoulder. His G1 accessory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the question is, really, during this whole Christmas scene where where Bumblebee and Bulkhead are like trying to guess what their presents are. After that, we see a Soundwave action figure pop out of one of their gifts. Uh, where did Sari get the money for the Soundwave toy? And why the frag would she buy Bulkhead and Bumblebee one? Hello, it nearly destroyed them all. Did she? Yeah, rather? but they don't remember that. Okay, the, the the two presents Bumblebee and Bulkhead have. One's a red one and the other one's a different color. I don't remember off the top of my head. The red one that Bulkhead sets down, a Soundwave action figure popped up out of that box.
5: <laughs> I thought maybe the Soundwave action figures had infiltrated all the other toys.
3: That probably could be. Um... Oh, boy. A dream sequence episode. Lovely. For the most part, <laughs> humans... 90... Okay, I would say 95% of the time humans in, in animated, especially human villains or human interactions, almost really, really suck. But I like the Automen, Men, damn it. It was kind of cool. Uh, one of the reasons <laughs> why it was cool is because they all loosely resemble the voice actors behind the Autobots. Well... In the case of Optimus, he's dead on David K.
5: Yeah, he turned right into David Kay. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because he was like, Prime, look at you, you're hideous.
3: <laughs> Ratchet's probably yeah. the
4: most far off from the voice actor.
3: From Corey Burton? Yes. I don't even know what the guy looks yeah. like now. Oh.
5: Um, I didn't think the bulkhead looked much like Bill back here, but
3: The only time I think I've ever seen... Bill in something live action. I hate to say this, but it's a Disney Channel original movie called The Ultimate Christmas Present with Spencer Breslin.
4: He's
5: in a Stephen uh-huh. King movie. Oh. The Stand. M-O-O-O-N spells moon. Yeah. He uh he was, this is funny, he was just in uh the latest episode of How I Met Your Mother because he right. plays uh Stephen Siegel's father. And it was weird because I saw him and I'm like, He's dead, and I had to go and look on IMDb real quick to make sure he was dead, because I'm thinking, he can't be in this show now. He died, like, he died sometime this year. Who did? Bill Fagabecki. Did he? He's dead, yeah. No way. You didn't, well, that was one of the things I was going to bring up during the Tom Kenny interview, and I, I forgot about it. It probably would have been a little interesting. Hey, is your,
4: your co-host, or your uh coworker dead? <laughs> He's dead. Not-
3: <laughs> Who's gonna take over Bill Faggerback's oh, role?
5: He lives right here, right here in all of us.
4: You're full of shit.
5: Bill Faggerback, is dead. No, he's not.
4: Look I just on IMDb. His IMDb,
5: jackass. It says he, he died in tw- 2011.
3: He's not dead. Oh uh, Born William Mark Faggerback, October 4th, 1957, in Fontana, California. There is no date of death on his. On his IMDb.
4: I just looked. He's still doing Spongebob through next year.
3: Well, it
5: would be if he hadn't died.
4: He's still alive. I think you're, I think you're on crack, sir. And and you need to have your head re-examined.
3: Yeah, exactly. What the fuck is wrong with you, Michael Wilson? <laughs> Hold on. He's not dead. He's not dead, dude. I'm sure he's not dead. I'm positive. We are looking. Why would they? I think Unless... you were
4: hoping, you, you were you were probably hoping in your mind that it was Steven Seagull or whatever, but <laughs> it's not.
5: No, no, Actually, if you're looking at IMDb, there's a picture of him. He's in the pink uh, pajamas there. I thought that was funny, but.
4: M-O-O spells moon.
3: Maybe. All right, so getting back.
1: With the Lucky
5: Landslots, you can get lucky
0: just about anywhere.
5: to this. It's entirely um, possible I'm wrong you know. You wrong. <laughs> I thought he was dead I thought he died. He didn't die oh, well, I'm, You know, I'm glad he's not dead Yeah. So,
3: <laughs> Prowl, Prowl is taking to the nature more than ever now. Now that he's human he can experience nature and throwing snowballs and all that crap.
4: But he needs uh, to eat explosive vegan
3: food. No, 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 yeah <laughs>
5: He needs explosive beans <laughs> Well he wasn't the one exploding
3: yeah,
5: bulkhead had the fan, explosive uh, area.
3: Trans, let's uh, transform. Roll, let's just go. Uh, <laughs> oh. and, okay. This uh, again. See, this is what makes those. This kind of is what Michael said. It kind of probably makes more sense that the Soundwave toys infiltrated the Autobot base because fucking Sumdak gives Sorry another Soundwave toy. Are you serious? He likes it. Worst father ever!
5: It sings and dances, and it was only nineteen ninety nine.
3: Why does your fuel look different? I got the vegetarian fuel. <laughs> Let's all eat yeah. healthy, kids. It, it burns cleaner.
5: Yeah, you've had
3: the truth. It
5: doesn't make uh, you have explosive diarrhea like bulkhead. Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly.
5: Did, did you notice uh, Marty Eisenberg was at the Burger Bot?
3: No, no, I didn't. The Burger Bot. The Burger Bot. No, I didn't notice that. He
5: was there. He was uh he was <laughs> there with two characters that I did not recognize, but he was there for some reason. Yeah. And they showed him twice. I actually went back and did like a close up on him so you knew it was him.
3: <laughs> uh okay, so this this giant explosion happens out out in front of the burger bot and the the buildings on fire. Some woman's kids stuck upstairs. Now, this woman has been in the series throughout it, but this woman is not Carly. Carly She's the is tan the... one. Yeah. Wow. What? There's a tan lady who yeah. occasionally
5: takes care of Daniel.
3: But the kid wasn't Daniel, though.
5: No, the kid sounded suspiciously like Tara Strong.
3: Probably was, but I'm saying <laughs> the an- the animated model of the child that was in trouble... Was yeah. not Daniel because we'll see Daniel uh, later. It was Gary. It, was it was Gary's, Gary's mother, and that's funny. Uh, sh- okay, so sorry. She uh, she searches the entire base, can't find the Autobots, and she doesn't see that something is wrong with this. Oh. She thought they were ditching her. Okay, I know this is a dream sequence. Episode and this whole thing that the Autobots were in virtual reality, but is it just mirrored? Did Tom Kenny deepen the Starscream voice. Starscream didn't sound like his normal, like the the normal version of Starscream that we've had so far. I I, I don't have a problem with it. It just sounded way different to me.
5: He's a clone. It's a trap. <laughs> I hadn't noticed. Uh, uh, I liked uh, Starscream's stock footage though. Yeah, I mean yeah. he li- literally had like a whole minute of stock transformation and it was just really awesome to
3: see. Yes. Uh, the Autobots on the bus, and this is where we see spike and Daniel, but Oh God, seriously, <laughs> they have to take public transportation now.
5: They're just lucky. <sighs> they live in a big city.
3: <laughs> uh, throwing the ax into the fusion cannon. That was a very uh, awesome moment. Now, as was awesome
5: public- is when he beat him with his own arm. <laughs> Picks up Megatron's arm and beats him with it. That was awesome. I mean, that far-fetched, was- impossible, but it was still awesome.
3: If that needle comes anywhere near Wendell's legs. I'll rip your arms and legs off and beat you to death with them. Sorry, that's a Varsity Blues reference. Sorry, anyway. Don't watch that. Uh, of course, I'm not going to be able to do it justice, but I loved it. Autobots inferior uh, Autobots inferior soundwave superior that was awesome. Oh, that was cool. I like that. And uh soon the Autobots will call themselves Decepticons. So Steve, what did you have for part 1? Um
4: I like the homage to the classic Generation 1 episode. It just needed Screen or uh Cobra Commander.
3: Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah there's no old snake in this one <laughs> yeah
4: uh it would have been only good if they'd gotten scott mcneil to do it as he's the only close enough impersonator to the original uh but oh, it, it would
5: have been or or over commander over commander yeah
4: yes uh it would have been nice to see that in there uh as a joke uh, just having him walking down the street, walking him down the street, saying they just don't make them like they used to, yeah. and then saying Cobra, that would have been cool. And then uh, uh, I, I like the fact that David Kay's Optimus Prime looks damn near what he looks like. It's quite humorous. He's
5: hideous. Yeah, he's hideous. And David Kay is a very handsome man. I, I don't mind saying it.
3: What else, Steve? <laughs> uh,
5: I Other than that, I
4: don't really care for this episode. Uh, I, I like the fact that Soundwaves kind of, you know, gave them a, a virtual mindfuck, but, uh, uh, and turned them evil.
3: <laughs> oh, wow. This is like, wow. He inceptionalized them.
5: <laughs> they had to go deeper. Yeah, That's cool. what she said.
2: <laughs> escape is impossible.
4: Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I like the references to the you know the the classic G one humans, but uh, uh, other than the the, the whole sequence there, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just I don't particularly care. <laughs> there is a little uh, a little nice. Uh, virtual cookie for people that are paying attention. Prime's trailer is actually in the episode while uh, he's laying on the table. It's in oh, the darkness yeah. off in the back.
3: Yeah, that was kind of cool.
5: Uh, that was trailer storage.
4: Yep, and that that was uh, G1 trailer.
3: I think they have a better
5: picture of that in the AllSpark almanac. Oh yeah, but you couldn't really see it in this episode. I didn't
3: think. Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The picture in the almanac is much better, but the cookie yeah.
5: is there, so.
3: Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, all right, Michael. What do you got for part one? Uh,
5: just a few things. Um, I like the Sari is back. Uh, I like that Tara Strong has made her sound older, has gotten her into her teenager voice. It's less uh, squeaky. Right. Uh, I like that Prowl is still in his samurai gear.
3: Yeah, you said last episode that we never see it again. I think we see it all the way up to the end of the show.
5: I, I You know, I've seen him in almost every episode so far, and I'm thinking, yeah, he's not going to change out of that samurai gear. No, but, he's not. But he'll, this he'll,
3: he'll keep it to the end of the show. Yeah,
5: this is the Prowl toy they were selling at the time, though, so
3: yeah.
5: I'll take that. And, it, again, very cool toy. You know, I mean, I like that
3: look. Besides that sidecar bullshit, but anyway,
5: <laughs> I like the sidecar uh I like the team char shows up in uh in the inception oh yeah, that's right yeah it's a, the full-on decepticon uh attack there and in the, in the, in the they, they showed them very briefly, but they yeah. were there yeah they, they they were shooting they were on earth destroying things uh, at the very end we see white Soundwave. Or a shattered glass Soundwave, wave, if you will.
1: Yep.
5: Shattered glass animated star sound wave. Uh, yep. That's another toy that we'll never get. Kind of aggravated about that. Think I'd like that one.
3: I like the uh, the sound blaster version. Oh wait, is that the that's in part two, isn't it? Yeah, that's in part two.
5: Uh, yeah, the sound blaster version was uh, was released uh, with the kitar.
3: He he was released as electrostatic sound wave, but he wasn't fully like. That gray on that toy sucks. It would have been better if that toy was black.
5: Uh, yeah, I can't really see it in my closet right now, or it's it's on my shelf here somewhere. I did manage to pull waspinator out to play with him for a second, but
3: stop know. playing with your wasp and continue with your notes. <laughs>
5: play with my toys. Yeah, actually, I think that they were they were going to release a uh uh. Like the jump starter version of Soundwave in those colors, and they never did. Uh, let's see if I can see if I can do this justice here.
2: Autobus inferior,
5: Soundwave superior. Nah, that didn't that didn't work out very well.
3: It worked, but it's still <laughs> not. You know, it's still not the G one. Not quite. It's not Welker. Come on.
5: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, the Autobots turn human, and then they turn evil.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
5: So we're we're totally mixing up our our sci-fi tropes here. Yep. And we can't just stick with one. I don't like it. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. You know, I, I liked it. I didn't like that they drug it out in the two episodes. It's like, all right, you know what? We know we're in La La Land. Can we just get out and fix things?
3: Mm-hmm.
5: You know, but they they don't. They drag it into another episode, and on top of that, it you, you know you're just complaining about oh it's another another holiday episode. Well, they have a two episode long Christmas episode.
4: Yeah, they just gotta wreck that garbage.
5: <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, we got laser in this one. So that makes up for it. Yep. And the next one we get Rat Bat. And Oh yeah. Hey, I like I like Rat Bat. I Ratbat. like bat.
3: I I like Laserbeak, but Rat Bat was much cooler in the animation. <laughs> Kita
5: <laughs> Yeah, no, that was very cool.
3: But but that's all I got. Yeah. Um now I did look up the uh the uh, the sound wave images for the toys, and the the electrostatic the one we got, which is the link I just put in the in the chat. It's not gr- it's not gray like I thought it was, but it's like a dark navy thing, and I don't know. I just I don't really care for it. I I wish I think it would have been better if it was just black uh, rather than the the navyish <laughs> grayish thing. And then the other one, the one that Looks we won't good. get, is uh, electromagnetic sound wave, which is the white version. Um,
5: oh, there's the picture. Let me see.
3: Basically it's uh could be a white Ultra Magnus <laughs> out no, of its
5: god. You know, this The the picture you sent is black and white, but uh uh I've seen color pictures of this. In fact somebody was uh just circulating photos of this on TFW. And it's pretty sharp. It's it's kind of a uh, a very very pale bluish white, uh, wow. with with light blue trim. It looks nice. I I thought it was cool. I would have bought it.
3: Yeah.
5: But I was really into that whole. I forget what they call them, but they're essentially like jump starters. You push a button and they're spring.
3: Yeah, that's what they're called, is jump starters, because twin twist and uh, and tw- uh, not yeah, uh, twin twist. What's the other? Top Spin and Twin Twist, that's what
5: it is, yeah. Uh, in G1, they were called Jump... I don't think they called them Jump Starters here. They. Oh,
3: they, no, they're, um
5: Activators. Activators. I was I was thinking Alternators, but that's a completely different line. So, I the Activators the, yeah, line. I, I liked... Activators. Yeah, I bought all the Activators. I loved them. In fact, I really wanted that... Uh, uh, I think it was a, a Skywarp yep. version, but that was only in Japan. Yeah. I totally would have bought the hell out of
3: that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to part 2. With Sunwave having trapped the Autobots in virtual reality. Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Chumba! Chumbacasino.com No purchase necessary. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply.
0: Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match,
1: must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfer,
3: subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Reality. Sorry, must free them before Soundwave completely turns them to decep into Decepticons. Too late. She ends up what? Too late. <laughs> she ends up gaining unlikely allies in Snarl, Scrapper, and Retgar, whom she dubs the quote-unquote substitute autobots. God kill me now. I I love Garb, but seriously, it rules. It rules so hard. I love Garb. I love the fact that he's finally back. He's not at the bottom of the sea anymore. But seriously, Snarl and Scrapper, give me a freaking break. And what the fuck was that? At? Was he supposed to be crocodile Dundee for Christ's sake? He was cast away. Oh, what? fucking fucking Tom Hanks and Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> he had a straw uh, hat and a rusty beard. Yeah, I know oh, that was awesome. Like I only saying. think I've ever seen trailers and clips of Castaway. I don't think I've ever watched the whole long ass movie all the way through. <laughs> so not worth
2: it. I
3: <laughs> so um Soundwave has to now put on his organic control operation really organic control he can control are you serious ugh all this mind he control he ships them and
4: he puts them in a big box and sends them to canada and then
5: uh, all i know is when he started playing Rabbat, he gave me an organism
3: huh. uh, okay then uh mind control over core programming uh, pro- I almost said power over matter wow <laughs> processor
6: processor over matter, over matter. Takes the cake
3: and prowl breaks free but fakes being on Soundwave's side now i i meant to say this last week uh. when prowl first when, when we were talking about five servers of doom yeah. when prowl first started you know doing the processor over matter i'm like so he's basically shaking his pom-poms because processor over matter is POM. Oh, POM? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I, I foresee
5: yeah. uh, processor over matter here being the new AllSpark key.
3: So Probably, yeah. Uh... Anytime we
5: get the slightest jam, he goes, oh, mm, and it fixes it.
3: Everything's better. <laughs> My hands are full. And then enter the substitute Autobots. <laughs> God <laughs> Okay, as I said a second ago, it's nice to see Retgar again, but oh my god. Ender. <laughs> Ender. Uh, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> what are you I talking don't... about, Steve? The group. And the group what?
4: Of the replacement autobots. The nothing. Subs... You guys are dumb. Just Ed. keep going. No, explain uh, you lost
5: it to me. I'm lost. I don't know what you're talking Basically, about. Basically,
4: he's the leader of the replacement Autobots. Riker? Okay. Yes. I thought Sari was the leader.
3: Well, whatever.
4: She she was the one
3: bitching about being a leader.
4: Uh, she's a piece of shit. So
3: resistance is futile. Get your Star Trek shit out of my Transformers. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, Dark of the Moon.
3: I no I I know but this is really where I this is where I really finally caught on to it. I I, I caught on to it in Dark of the Moon, but I just didn't give a shit at that point.
5: <laughs> I'm surprised that you know enough Star Trek to catch that actually. So,
3: uh, excuse me, I grew up watching Next Generation just cuz I don't watch a lot of it. I don't pay attention to a lot of it now. I grew up watching Next Generation. I have seen probably 10 episodes of Deep Space 9. I've seen plenty of the movies. I've seen Star Trek. It's not like. It's not like me and Harry Potter where I just refuse to fucking watch the shit. And Lord I, of the Rings. I, no, I've seen. The first five minutes. I know. 40, 45 minutes out of the. Th- out of 14 hours there's with a movie. Three, uh, there's only one three-hour movie that I actually sat all the way through, and that was because of a girl, and that was fucking Titanic. I will never sit through another three-hour movie again, especially one that has <laughs> wizards and magic and a bunch of stupid crap. Oh. Anyways, uh, <laughs> accordion plan retgar. Yay, Weird Al. Yay. Your axe is useless, Autobot, but yours isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Prime with the guitar
5: is epic.
3: Rockstar epic. Prime, yes. Rockstar Prime. I am Rekar, I am the hero. I will clean up this town.
5: <laughs> Garbage for all the good little boys and girls. girls. <laughs> ho ho ho. Like Merry Christmas. <laughs> Steve. <here's> some trash.
3: <laughs> what did you have for part two, Steve?
4: Um, I like it for the sheer fact that uh, the Autobots go back to normal, and uh, Retgard's return, and of course Soundwave's final bow out. Uh, uh, overall, I don't really care for it, but it, it wasn't as—it's not as bad as some of like season one or two. I, I would re- much rather watch this than watch that. So uh, it was kind—it was kind of nice and kind of fun to watch, if. You're not looking for something that makes a whole hell of a lot of sense.
2: <laughs> right.
4: But it's not bad overall. I'd rather watch this over season one or two uh, one off yeah. episodes.
5: Yeah. And
4: Prime of the Guitar does look kind of cool.
5: It does. So if it was this or Professor Princess.
4: Dude, anytime a human comes up, <laughs> you know I'm going to choose something else over
5: but they're all humans in this one. I was <laughs> going well, say all of them, you know. Hence
4: but, why I didn't care for those parts yeah. as much.
5: That's, that's the uh the, why you have substitute Autobots. Yeah, yes,
4: Autobots. because at least they're robots. And granted, yeah. nobody likes most of them, but <laughs> That's the only thing I, that's I I
3: I did like how they humanized them. They 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 humanized them as much as they could, kind of like what was done in, in only Human in G1. Um But again, it doesn't matter that they're human because they still have the same goddamn personalities. I mean, Ratchet and Prime I give passes to because I like those guys. But Bumblebee and Bulkhead, even in human form, they're both fucking annoying as hell. (laughs) So what did you have for part two, Michael? Uh,
5: I I was wondering whether or not this is going to be a holiday episode because – when it started, I mean, granted, it's part two of the last episode, which was a holiday episode, but they didn't actually mention it. I mean, but it's still snowy outside, but they didn't say, oh, you know, this is all about Christmas. And uh, so the end, when you've got uh, Rekkar saying, ho, 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 garbage for all the good little children. And I think the, the last thing that uh, Sorry says, it's uh, something about it being a silent night.
3: Well, I think the way you can look at the two-parter is part one is, say, Christmas Eve going into Christmas Day, and then part two is the, like, Christmas Day afternoon going into Christmas night. So it does take the span of 20, the, the 24 hours of Christmas.
5: See, that's what Snoopy needs. We need, like, <laughs> one Snoopy special for Christmas Eve, and then, like, the next day you can watch a whole new Snoopy special about Christmas Day.
3: Yeah, That would be awesome. I love Snoopy. Back to the robots.
5: Uh, I like the... It's it's like, this is all one big episode. So Spike and Daniel never go away. And Carly shows up. Carly's there too. That was kind of cool. So we get multiple G1 human references as if we don't have enough humans in here already. (laughs) Uh, One of my favorite characters in this episode might have to be Snarl. (laughs) <laughs> and that's just because he's a giant dinosaur but I like the way that uh, the Scrapper communicates with him You because know, Snarl doesn't talk he's he's like a big dumb German shepherd but Scrapper's like hi ho Snarly away you know? he, he calls him Snarly and Snarl runs away and he
3: goes hey Snarl wait for daddy yeah Snarl and Scrapper you know man's best dino friend uh... I like that I like the line that's. I do like the line that Scrapper uh, says when, when Optimus pretty much just picks Snarl up by the horn and slams, body slams him down in the snow. Hey, cruelty to Dido bots. <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, no like
4: Peta this. here.
5: Exactly, I, you know. And this is a, an issue that I had when I when I first got the toy is that uh, they named him Snarl which in G1 was the name of the uh, the Stegosaurus. Uh, mm-hmm. And that bothered me because he should have been named, in my opinion, should have been named Slag, because that was the name of the, that dinosaur type at G1. Uh, and Scrapper actually mentions this. He says, I was going to name him Slag, but I thought he would take it as an insult.
3: That's because they turned Slag into a curse right. word.
5: With... Slag now means poop.
3: Yeah.
5: yeah. Or, yeah, it means poop. <laughs> or yeah, could could mean a couple of things, but they still haven't quite nailed down which bad words mean what yet. Yeah. Uh, I like the epic battle with the substitute Autobots. That was fun. Um, at the end, you got uh, it was funny because uh, they think winning. you know, they they think that they've got the best of uh, Soundwave. And Scrapers said, hey, it's not bad for a bunch of losers.
3: <laughs>
5: and then, and then Prime, you know, does something, and they all fly in the air. And I was like, a bunch of losers blasting off again. <laughs> it was a very team rocket moment, which we haven't had in a long time. Yes, it used to be uh, the staple of every episode. We have to have a team rocket moment, but but this was classic. It just
3: woo, ding. Yeah. You know, um, you know and, the, and the other thing that really makes me wonder is at the very end of the episode that Laserbeak comes in. At the, I, I think it was Laserbeak. I don't think it was Ratbat. I think it was Laserbeak. Comes in and swoops down and, and grabs the Soundwave cassette deck. Where is he flying off to? I mean, Megatron's floating through space. You know, where's... I mean... Honestly, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier, Michael, in uh, in this mm-hmm. episode today about you know that black Arachnia kind of like uh, tarantulas. But really, I see Soundwave in this episode more like tarantulas because he's experimenting on the Autobots, and he like has that. this underground base. <laughs> under their base. Yeah. All of your base are belongs to us. Yes. Yes. Anything else for human error? Uh, no,
5: I'm, uh... I don't know. I, I can't quite say that I hated it as much as you guys did. Or I thought it was alright. There, not even talk about, I it.
3: about it. But...
5: I know. I, 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 uh, I enjoyed it. I, I, you know, I, I can't say I hated it. I, I did like it. Um, but I probably liked the next one better.
3: Yes, and we are moving on to that now. Ah, I needed that! Mm. My,
1: my, what a golden opportunity!
2: <clears throat> the Autobot fools will pay for their insolence! Remove these stasis cuffs at once!
1: Mm, all in good time. First, we need to discuss compensation. You get freedom, but what do I get? You see where I'm going here? The honor of serving Megatron should be reward enough! Megatron?! Why didn't you say so? The old warmonger's my number one customer. Now, let's see about getting you rearmed. It's been stellar cycles, but I never forget a weapon. Uh, Naturally, everything comes with a million solar cycle warranty. Excluding battle damage, of course. May I just say what an admirer I am of the noble arms-dealing profession? Enough talk! Let's kick some Autobot skin plate! Yeah! Oh, I would never do that!
2: In the glorious name of Megatron, revenge
1: shall be ours! Did you, Commander? We split the heavy-weather scene full and clear. Don't sound so surprised. Better check on the prisoners.
2: You Autobots will pay.
1: Pay with your sparks. I also accept all major credit downloads. The alarms didn't make a peep. How's that even possible? The Sonic Jammer 3000. Don't leave Cybertron without it. But wait. There's more. It also has a stasis suspension ray. Handy for those tight spots. Pick this baby up on Quintessa. Nice folks, the Quintessons. Give you a good deal and... All the oil you can drink. All very fascinating, Sven. But we must crush them into scrap. We need backup. Call Cybertron And let them know this happened on my watch? I'd rather go offline.
2: That can be arranged.
3: And finally up today is Decepticon Air. The space bridge on Earth is finished, whilst the elite guard ship holding most of the Decepticon prisoners heads straight into Ominous Space Storm. The Space Storm reactivates Swindle, who frees the Decepticon prisoners, allowing them to take over the ship. This episode title is a parody of the 1997 action film, Con Air, Where's Nicolas Cage When You Really Need Him, which centered around a plane carrying prisoners. Some of the action scenes aboard the elite guard ship also pay homage to the 1988 film Die Hard. I did not realize this until I remembered the elevator scene. (laughs) The elevator scene? When Optimus goes upstairs to the Energon thing and he says this Energon is unstable enough that that should do it. He cuts oh. the elevator cable <laughs> just like John mcclain did in Die Hard and sends the elevator all the way down to explode.
5: Yeah. I was just wondering why a spaceship would have cables on the elevator, but that that makes a lot of sense.
3: Yeah. Uh Again, I I, I I don't think I've said it enough in this episode, but I'm getting... At this point, watching through the entire series, I'm getting really sick of the TFA jargon. Bought your posts? Really? Seriously? <laughs> oh, my God. It's pissing me off. Uh, did we know that Phil Lamar did Alpha Tryon?
5: I didn't know that.
3: Yep. Phil Lamar was Alpha... Uh, uh, alphabet. Alpha Tryon. There we go. That's, that's what I meant to say. There you go. Uh, which, I, again, I don't know if it's them putting effects behind his voice or if it's Phil just doing a completely different voice. Again, this is just like Jetstorm, another voice of his that I don't hear him in it.
5: Uh, I was really happy to see Alpha Tryon.
3: Yeah, that was kind of cool. Uh,. Sentinel is such a dumbass. His actions of sending them into the storm let the cons escape, damn it. <laughs> is it just me or did Red Face angry Blitzwing's voice? Did it get deeper or change? It sounds a hell of a lot different in this episode than it has in the past. Couldn't say. I think they all sound the same. I don't know. Uh, and of course, you know, with Swindle, Swindle's all about the the, the, the the mentions and the homages. You have Quintessa, but are there... I don't ever remember seeing a beach island on Nebulos.
5: No, the whole thing was all jungle.
3: I know. <laughs> um, and when Optimus transforms... Uh, <laughs> Oh no, wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I, before uh, I before I before I, I I have to back up because I'm jumping ahead of my own, my own damn self. They're logging on to the transwarp signature on the ship. And Swindle apparently has a personal transwarp uh generator inside himself that goes to his, you know, personal storage dimension. Swindle gave birth to Optimus Prime. And Optimus uh... Prime
2: said, "Give me your face."
3: We will kill them all. But I love when Optimus (laughs) transforms, uh, because uh, Sentinel is like, Sentinel's like, what are you waiting for? Attack! I'm waiting for better odds. He transforms. As he's driving off, he flattens Swindle. He just (laughs) flat-out Tom and Jerry cartoon flattens him. Two-dimensional Swindle. Yeah, exactly. Uh... And it, it 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 reminded me almost of, of Optimus in G, in, uh, in TFTM, you know, running down Thrust.
5: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: maybe that Energon was too unstable. Hello, why didn't you move out of the fucking way? Instead I was of just standing... thinking. Yeah, because real men don't look at explosions, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. They always have them behind them. Yeah. Uh, I know we don't really like the Jet Twins, but their spiral move to combine, I kind of like the way that looks.
5: Uh, yeah. I i didn't like it. <laughs> Just, you know what bothers me about them?
1: What?
5: Uh, they're in space, right? Yeah. There, there's no wind in space. There's no atmosphere <laughs> in space. And that can still make tornadoes space yeah. it's it's like you know i'm batman and i can breathe in space it's like no that doesn't work That's that's that how it works you don't make tornadoes in space it's impossible
3: speaking of superhero references freezing chamber reversal can you say superman 2 reference
5: oh they so pulled the superman 2 yeah. i was ready for uh, Lois lane to come out and punch one of them in the face <laughs> actually
3: i i didn't mention this in the human error episode but what i absolutely loved about the autobots being humans and this is one of my only again throughout the entire podcast probably the only one of the only times i will ever say anything good about bumblebee is when he jumped up and was basically why are you hitting yourself why are you hitting yourself why are you hitting yourself to blitzwing and his heads are, are spinning around i thought that was fucking awesome but anyway, yeah, I like here. the reference they make to
4: that on the wiki, where it says, "You spin
3: me right round." Yeah, you spin me right round, baby. Uh, <laughs> the Dead or Alive song. Yeah. Uh, and my final note. Uh, so now we're pitching, picking up hitchhikers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yes, that's that's it for me. What do you have, Steve? I have
4: Just the fact peace. that it's like higher. <laughs> Um, I love the whole Decepticon, you know, buildup of how they're all getting ready to kick some major ass. Um, yes. I'm getting tired of Sentinel, extremely <laughs> at this point, being that he wants be the new Magnus. Yeah. Because he's a Magnus douche. Uh, he'll be called Douche D- D- Maximus. <laughs> That's what they'll call him. Uh... Swindle actually got a good episode this time. Yep. Uh, whereas before, I didn't really care because, one, well, there were humans in it, and two, it, just, it, it was too much in that episode. I just I couldn't watch it. This one redeems itself. This one gives uh, Swindle a, a better uh, showing. And I do love how Prime does the uh, uh, transwarp uh, give me a face. <laughs> so, it's quite nice, yes. So, overall, I like this episode. I like how it's starting to play out, and uh, I, I'm definitely glad that it's leading up to the last three episodes uh, with some kind of an action stride, kind of foreshadowing what's going to happen.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was very, very cool. Hmm. so michael what do you have for decepticon air uh a few things i i like
5: the uh the fact that they got the warp gate built but when did they find time to build a warp gate i mean they've been busy being humans for the last two episodes
3: I didn't actually check it all over the place in this show. So. I know. I,
5: I should have checked to see what month this was because we just spent two episodes in the end of December. This could have been like April. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that. My bad. <laughs> uh, you know, sorry, has the freaky ghost in the shell fingers.
3: <laughs> yeah.
5: It's kind of split open and she can type really fast. That was kind of weird. Uh I mean, Yeah, don't get me wrong, I love Ghost in the Shell. It was just kind of weird to see her do that.
3: Yeah.
5: Uh, Why is it that Omega Supreme has a warp generator, but the Elite Guard Flagship doesn't? I
3: have no idea.
5: Omega Supreme can jump, but the Elite Guard Flagship has to fly through through space storms.
3: Well, but, but the reason why Omega can jump, he couldn't do that beforehand. The reason why he could do that was because at the end of Season 2, he assimilated all that transwarp energy when Megatron's space bridge blew up. He absorbed all that energy. Mm. So that's how he auto-transwarps, I think.
5: That that would be a plausible explanation, but, you know... If- at some point, you know, I mean, Supreme actually says, "I'm warping now," and like it's, it's something that he does.
3: But it doesn't happen before a bridge too close. Granted, before that, he was in the side of a of a of a mountain. But I mean, even even when he uh, is is flying from the mountain to wherever the Autobots are, he flies before uh, a bridge too close. He doesn't, he doesn't transwarp until after.
5: Well, I mean, he does, he's not flying back to Cybertron. True. So I don't know. I just thought that was strange. Um, I like the Sentinel Prime car alarm tripper.
3: Yeah, for the, the trip.
5: Makes their mouth open and closed.
3: Yeah, for the mouth clamps. Why
5: are the Decepticons not in their jail cells? They're all kind of huddling the hall in front of their jail cell doors, and it's like you know you're just asking for trouble like that. You gotta get them, you know, behind the uh, the, the the laser bars or whatever he's got going on there.
3: Yeah,
5: and maybe his car alarm chirper doesn't work through laser bars, but I'm not buying it.
3: <laughs> chirp chirp.
5: Uh, I'm really happy to hear Fred Willard again. Yep. I, I just think Fred Willard uh, he's talking about the Quintessons and he's talking about Nebulos and he's talking about you know, where the energy on is as smooth as a protoform's bottom
3: yeah.
5: not that I know anything about protoform bottoms i
3: right. just
5: saying hey. uh, I like the helmets that Swindle gives to uh, the Starscream clones like yeah, the so... cone head yeah. I still like the cone head. That's really Yeah, that cool. was awesome. I like that. Um, and I really like the uh, the Homecoming Parade. And this is another one of those things where I kind of feel that the writers just said, you know, it's a parade, and and they've got the Decepticons chained up, and there's a bunch of Transformers lined up under the side of the road to cheer. And, and that's all the strip said. And then Derek White comes in and said, I'm going to put in Huffer, I'm going to put in Cosmos, I'm going to put in Beachcomber, and Warpath, and Tracks and the, I don't know, the Auto Ruper, you know. Auto Trooper, the, yeah. The Auto Trooper, Auto Ruper. Yeah. if you're from Japan. Uh, and uh, Susanna, the, uh, the pink cassette. You mean shoot. Rosanna. Rosanna, Susanna? get it right. We don't want those um, G1 fanboys
3: screaming at us. It's Rosanna. <laughs> Rosanna again. Yeah.
5: Take me all the way. Uh, she was there. I'm pretty sure that was Rosanna. So
3: putting that song in this episode now. Yo, for <laughs> 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 uh, Rosanna again.
5: But uh oh, you know, and I forget the names of the two floats and the two transports they're uh, on.
3: Grandis and what's the other one? Grandis, yeah. Grandis was one. Fortress big Maximus or something? No, no. Fortress Maximus is something completely different. No, no, no,
5: no. Um yeah. no, no, no. Uh, well, Grandis no. is—it was this big, blocky, nasty Japanese toy that turned into a a mobile base. Yeah. But uh, there was two of them, and one of them was a repaint of Grandis, and I—I yeah. I forget his name. But uh, apparently Derek Wyatt knows because he put them both in there. Yeah. Later on, they show up in robot mode, but not till the not till the last episode.
3: Right, yeah.
5: But, I mean, this, there's a lot to love here. I mean, you get to go back to Cybertron, and you get to see a whole bunch of G1 characters in animated form. Oh, yes. And they're not talking, they're not doing anything, but they're, they're there. And it was it was really cool.
3: Yeah, it was. I mean, th- th- this whole episode was uh, Doug Bass, Grandis and Doug Bass. Doug,
5: yeah, like, I'm going to remember Doug Bass, okay.
3: Well, oh, I'm just saying. I looked at the I looked at the freaking wiki just know, to make uh, sure that we had uh, it right. You, again, I think this is one
5: of those uh, things that that uh, Derek Wyatt put on the delightful tedium. He actually on his web page, it's like a Tumblr. Right. Numbers, he had a picture. It was like, here's a sneak preview of uh, characters that will appear in in season three. And this was between seasons when he posted this, but it was like. A picture of of uh, the 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 character mock of of all these characters, and I think they had uh, at least one human character in there. It was Evangelus. Uh, you put Evangelus. Yeah.
3: yeah, 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 yeah. That was the April Fool's image. Yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's like, oh, how many of these are gonna be in there? And they had the uh, Super Mario and Luigi uh, versions of Huffer and Pipes. That was funny. And I'm thinking, that's not going to be in there. <laughs> you know, that was just too far out. But no, Huffer was in there in this episode.
3: Yeah, H- Huffer and Pipes were Mario and Luigi. Super Huffero. Or,
5: uh, no, I think it was Luigi. I think, I think Pipes was Mario. And Huffer but, uh, was well,
3: Luigi. Right, but what I'm saying is they were in there as Mario and Luigi. Is yeah, what
5: I'm saying. exactly. Yeah, yeah they, they were plumbers, which was funny. I like that. I, so,
3: yeah, I, a- I, I just can't picture Megatron saying... I'll get you next time, plumbers! <laughs> next time, it. Okay, Dr. Claw, you can go back to bed now. I
5: oh, don't know, that was uh, Movie Soundwave.
3: Dr. Claw. <laughs> exactly. So, um, overall, this, you know, human error for what it is, you know, but Decepticon Air is really setting up. The you know, boys, it's, episodes. Yeah, I'm mean, yeah, I mean, well it is the fourth in the in the in the in, in the in in the final episodes of the series. It's really setting it up. It's really setting up the story of what's gonna happen.
5: We're giving um, up for for Sentinel Prime's fascist state. Oh god, yeah.
3: Yeah, next week, first thing. I can see why Fanzone hates machines. You <laughs> <laughs> well, don't want to give too much away. <laughs> so is that all you had for Decepticon Air that's it alright so we're going to head to some ads uh, some other stuff and then we'll go to Cybertron to see what the Cybertron Cybertronian correspondent had to say I can't talk now either lovely
5: I haven't been able to talk all night that's what she uh, well, said
3: <laughs> because she had a mouth
5: full of transformation animation podcast. We'll be back after these messages.
3: Here is quote number one. This is a Cybertronian fugitive, and I'll enforce my authority as the
1: the uh Primer Prime. <laughs> Did you just make that up? <laughs> no, there's no such thing as a Primer Prime. It's a real
3: term. Look it up.
1: I'm not gonna look it up. Afraid I'm right.
3: Here's quote number two.
1: Should we be taking notes?
3: And quote number three.
1: Full of yourself as ever, eh, Sentinel? You... you know me? I did once. A robot? With an organic mode? Ew! There is no way I would ever have anything to do with a mutant freak like you!
3: Finally, quote number four.
1: Auto, uh, man. Transform... Or, uh, roll... Uh, uh, let's let's just go.
2: You can now hear the KeyCast Radio Network while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is a free news and talk mobile app available for your smartphone. And when you download Stitcher to hear KeyCast Radio, you'll have a chance to win money. Downloading is quick and easy. Just find Stitcher in the App Store. During registration, hit the promo code box and enter GeekCast Radio all one word to get automatically entered to win $100. The latest episodes of the shows will be waiting for you in your favorites. You'll get access to lots of other amazing shows too. Always available to you on demand, no syncing. It's Stitcher Smart Radio. Don't forget to enter promo code Keycast RADIO when you register. Soundwave! Jam that transmission! Rumble Frenzy, Ravage Bat Bat, inject Operation Interference.
3: No, there will be no Operation Interference. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, The TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. I also have a few supplemental episodes and an interview with Stan Bush. I bring in guest hosts who will be full-time co-hosts in Steve Megatron and fan of the show, now co-host, Pecan Court Michael. So check out the TFG1 podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transform and roll out!
2: Where we go. To my throne room, future tales. The Beast Unleashed podcast is over, not gone. You can hear more of this great podcast discussing all the episodes of Beast Wars and Beast Machines on GeekCastRadio.com. We include voice actor and writer interviews with stellar hosting by Steve, Mike, and Michael. Head on over to iTunes or the net, or else I will send you my vehicles to extract your spark and destroy you. <laughs> yes
1: Stan Bush here, and I dare you to check out Radio Free Cybertron.
0: This is Brian Kilby, host of Radio Free Cybertron, the original Transformers internet radio show and one of the world's first podcasts. First online in 1999. Yes, 1999. We've been doing this for a while. We are also the official podcast of tformers.com and quite frankly, we're pretty awesome. So check us out, tfradio.net.
6: Hey guys, it's Optimus Solo, your Cybertronian correspondent, giving you my thoughts on episodes 36 through 39 of Transformers Animated. Before we start, just another quick note based on last week's episode. Um, Again, you guys insult my intelligence in, in the Transformers lore and the history of Transformers. I know we had cyber ninjas and references to them in G1. They were dumb then, and they're dumb now. Uh, just because I didn't reference them, or just because they were in G1, didn't make, doesn't make it okay for them to uh, appear again. The whole idea of Ninja Transformers is retarded, and I don't care what you guys say. Okay, going on to episode 36, the seventh one of season 3, entitled Predacons Rising, written by Larry Tilio and Bob Forward. First time we've seen these two gentlemen in this series, but not a surprise that they're showing up here. Um, At the beginning, the whole Sentinel-Optimus Prime smackdown, uh, that was pretty cool. I I will admit that. I was kind of excited for that. Um, Back to Wasp here. Uh, Since you guys always insult my intelligence with with stuff I have or have not seen, let me do it with you guys. Uh, Michael, have you seen Lord of the Rings? How do you not hear Gollum in Wasp? It's so prevalent. Um, but anyways, uh, I do like Sentinel and Optimus Prime Smackdown, but when they start arguing with each other, like they're 10, that turns me off. That's just another, um, characteristic of Transformers Animated being a little too immature. Um, ooh, it's a Beast Wars reunion with Waspinator and Blackarachnia. This part I don't mind, we'll get back to that though later. Uh, maximum Burn, if I hear that phrase on, uh, one more time, it's going to be one, one two time too many. Um, I did think it was hilarious when Wasp said no thank you to Black Arachnea before he was uh, shoved into that uh, the device there to to uh, mutate him. Uh, what the fuck did he turn into, though? Waspinator just turned into Kremzeek slash a thing from the Alien movies slash Waspinator. Um, I actually think I saw this character in the 2002 He-Man series. Uh, as one of the uh, members of the Andrenid or uh, one of those species. Um, it was an interesting character. I don't dislike it. I just It was, it was still kind of a what-the-fuck moment, but I don't dislike it. Um, I do think someone in the writing department or in, in charge of the series has a grudge against Waspinator, though. First, he has to go through the whole thing of being framed as being the traitor and being kind of ostracized from the community, and now he's turned into a freaking Frankenstein bot. Someone really did not like Waspinator. Um and then the ending uh which was probably the worst part of the entire episode uh where we see cuz this usually happens in nature we'd see the gorillas tigers rats and rhinos all together next to black Arachnea. that was such a stretch to pay homage to beast wars it was so forced that it was so retarded um there i, I understand beast wars was a great series but let it be. I understand you bringing characters in. The whole waspman or black Acne part was cool. But to have uh, a, a, in the wild a gorilla, tiger, rat, and rhino, obviously representing the beast wars characters, there that was so forced and such a stretch that it was it was it made for an absolute terrible ending. Um, but the series, or the episode overall, was still pretty cool. I will give it a six out of ten just because of the ending. Otherwise, it would have got a seven. And then we will move on to episode 37 and 38, the 8th and ninth one of season 3, which is called Human Air Part 1 and Part 2, written by Henry Gilroy and Tom Pugsley. Um, I have a whole list of about 25 to 30 things I could say about this episode, or these two episodes, but I am going to refuse to dignify this episode with any comments. This episode does not deserve... For me to waste any time commenting on it, or for you guys to listen to me commenting on it at all. It is not only one of the worst two-part episodes I've seen in any cartoon franchise, it is probably one of the top ten worst Transformers episodes of all time. I will give it a one out of ten, and you're getting no comments, because all it's going to be would be me reading off 30 things that were wrong with this episode. Terrible episode. One out of ten. Uh, Let's move on to episode 39, the 10th from season 3, Decepticon Air, written by Michael Ryan. Um, Let me get through the first couple nitpick things that I don't like. Uh, Boo to the Stephen Hawking voice, continuing with Perceptor there. Boo to the phrase, spark support. This is just, the, the, the writers in Transformers Animated try so hard to take human phrases and make them Transformerized, um, or transformed, I guess if you want to say it And it's so forced It's so bad when they do this Spark support is just the latest I should have been making a list as we went through every episode Of all the different human phrases Or even past Transformers phrases That they have turned into something else In Transformers animated It's just dumb um, Boo to Cliff Jumper's voice still It's bad I don't want Casey Kasem But I don't want the one that is currently being used in this one either um, Boo to yet another phrase Bureaucratabots You've got to be kidding me. But those were the only nitpicks in this episode. Um, Yay for an episode that matters. One that's not a throwaway season one episode. One that actually is tied to something and that has some type of interesting uh, storyline. Yay to Alpha Trion. That was cool. Uh, Swindle was just awesome in this episode Swindle was cool the first time we saw him He was even better in this episode Swindle stole the show and was easily one of the best uh, character performances we've seen in a while Um, Awesome Quintesson mention and homage to that Awesome Nebulos mention, uh, homage to that Uh, It was very cool with the cone head being put on the different clones So that uh, Swindle could tell them apart, that was awesome Uh, When they said the line, no processor, -er," that was kind of funny I got a good chuckle out of that Um, It was a cool parade effect at the end with the cons being all uh, handcuffed or, you know, in custody, so to speak. Um, And I loved the last part when Lugnut ends up with Megatron and Starscream and Starscream says, So, now we are picking up hitchhikers and Megatron slaps Starscream. That was a great ending to the episode, unlike, you know, episode uh, 36, which had a terrible ending. This episode, Decepticon Air was just awesome. Decepticon Air... I was ready to give up, and I was going to refuse to watch the rest of this show after episodes 37 and 38. Episode 39 saved it for me. Uh, Michael Ryan did a great job. Decepticon Air gets an 8 out of 10, and I will send it back to the guys so that they can insult me.
1: Bloody blah, blah, blah,
3: blah.
6: that sounds crazy. Even to me.
3: Now back to Transformation Animation Podcast. First of all, Kevin, we didn't insult you. We just brought up the fact that they have been, the ninja bots have been... Uh, a staple throughout cartoon history.
5: You didn't insult him on air.
3: No. no. <laughs> yeah. So, getting into this, um, I only have one thing, and Michael pretty much already mentioned it in uh, in 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 our discussion of the episode for Predacons Rising. Kevin was wondering what the the waspinator thing was homaging, and I just wrote down that it's an homage to 1986's The Fly. Uh, Steve, take it away for response to Predacon Rising.
4: Yeah. Um. Uh, as far as this episode, boo to you, sir. Because <laughs> you're—I I don't see how you could totally bash it. I mean, I can understand the the whole bit at the end. Uh, I mean, it was meant to be an homage, not you know, literally. Uh, there was no point in even putting that there. Um, but I can't see how you can say this was, like, batshit horrible. There, There have been way worse episodes in this season than that. This episode definitely was one of the stronger ones of season three and season one and two. So there's no way that you could sit there and just beat up on it like you did. Um, but, you know, to each their own. You hate the series anyways. I just hate the first two seasons. So... Uh, yeah, so this is my overall favorite episode, so I just, I I can't fathom why you'd bash Beast Wars, even with it being written by the actual guys that wrote Beast Wars, so, uh,
5: yeah.
3: Michael, anything to respond to Kevin on Verticon Rising? Uh,
5: just what I already mentioned is, you know, I, I like the Beast Wars reunion, uh, but Derek White already said, don't read too much into it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, there was tons of people when this when when this episode title leaked. Everybody and their friggin' grandmother was speculating on what this episode was going to be. They were like, ooh, we're going to have a bunch of Predacons. We're going to have this. We're going to have that. And it turned out to be almost none of that. Um, as for human error, my only note to Kevin is, and he will do this because I've already told him he better be doing this. Uh, wow, seriously? You are so talking about this in episode 16 of the podcast. You are so bringing your notes to the table so we can discuss this. Um, what about you for uh, Human Error, Steve?
4: Um, I kind of just agree with him on the rest of his
5: thoughts for the most part. Michael? Uh, it's well known that Kevin hates anything that has uh, a G1 precedent.
3: God. But the <laughs> war began. Uh,
5: human transformers happened in the third season of G1. So I mean, we we know that this is something that's that's uh been done before. Uh the, if anything this is an homage to G1. Um, you know, it's also known that Kevin hates anything having to do with human characters and the these episodes were just chock full of human characters.
3: Yeah. Uh,
5: uh even if they were, you know, auto men characters. Yes. So I, I understand why he didn't like it. Um, I think I would have preferred to have him go in a little more detail, but yeah, yeah, basically Kevin didn't like it because he he doesn't like G1 precedent and he doesn't like human characters (laughs) and he doesn't like things that are awesome. But other than that, you know, I can kind of, I can kind of see.
3: God, episode 16 is probably going to be the best one we ever do. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, as far as Decepticon Air, I've already basically said what I said about the language. I agree with him on the fucking language shit. I understand that they were, they, they were creating their own culture. They were creating this, that, and the thing. But after a while, it does wear on you. Um, what about you, Steve? Anything for Decepticon Air? Um, I was
5: fine with it overall. Michael Sorry, I'm trying to to uh use judicious use of mute here and failing miserably. Swindle is awesome, and by that logic, Kevin shouldn't like him.
3: <laughs> well, he does, so. <laughs> no, I like this And I think too. again so, what Steve said, you know, earlier is that in the uh, the reason why they didn't like Swindle in the beginning was because he was you know, the crux of a human, entirely human-centric episode, so. Right.
5: right, yeah, and there were no humans in this episode. No, not at all. Well, <laughs> I was trying to think, was Sorry in this one? I don't think so. I don't think she was, no. Well, let me consult the notes here for a second. I think, uh... oh, Sorry. yeah, she was in the very beginning because she had the freaky ghost and the shell fingers.
3: Yeah, but other than that, she wasn't really in it, though. Other than that, no, not really, yeah. He did not anything about Alpha Tryon. I maybe he didn't really re- Well, he said something about Perceptor, so I oh, I, yeah. I know he saw that scene
5: In his freaky uh, computer voice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um I think he did say so- I, I think he did say he liked seeing Alpha Trion, but I don't remember it He point. said that he
4: hated seeing Stephen Hawking. I mean well, Perceptor. Yeah,
3: that's...
5: I mean Roger Ebert. I mean
3: Yeah, that's the Perceptor. <laughs>
5: Roger Ebert and his <laughs> his chin vagina. Oh, that's yeah. I I prefer to remember him how he was. Yes, is the mind. Big, I still, As the big yeah, fat guy that reviewed yeah, movies. Yeah, him and Siskel. I, st-
3: I still have to I still have to find that Animaniacs episode where Slappy is. Uh, Lipo suctioning the lard out of Roger Ebert in the Animaniacs cartoon. <laughs> show that to you, Michael. I gotta find that. Oh God! Uh, so, thank you for joining us here on Transformation Animation Podcast. There are several ways to get in contact with us. Leave feedback for the show. Visit the website geekcastradio.com. You can comment on each episode post. Uh, leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. You can also stream the show. On Stitcher Smart Radio, go to Stitcher.com. You can find desktop apps. You can find mobile apps. They're all free, so you can stream our shows in case you don't want to download them. And use promo
4: code GeekCastRadio so that we can actually make money.
3: Oh, okay. We have a promo code. I wasn't sure about that.
6: Yeah, cool.
3: Sweet. Uh, You can also go to uh, Spreadshirt.com or Zazzle.com and buy our shit from stores. Mugs, T-shirts, all that good stuff. They make good Christmas gifts. Pay us money, damn it. We need cooler shit. That's what we need. The shirts are pretty cool.
5: Eh, it's like the logo. It's, it doesn't lend anyway, itself well, the T-shirts. I think what what else can I boy. put
4: on there legally and get away with it?
3: Yeah, exactly. So anyway, <laughs> follow us on Twitter. <laughs> TFA Podcast is the show Twitter. Mine is TFG and Mike. Steve, what is your Twitter? SCP21. And Michael? Pecan, CT, Michael. Uh, become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash network. We are now up to 290 fans. Thank you to every single one of you. all the voicemail line. Tell us to show you're leaving a message for and your name. 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Transformation Animation Podcast and wish you will join us next time when we will be reviewing the final three episodes from Transformers Animated Season 3. Those being... This is why I hate machines and the end game two-parter. For now, I am TFG1 Mike with Michael Wilson. And who's your daddy? <laughs> you are. Can we get back to work now? Steve Megatron Phillips. I was gonna see I was gonna say, leave Indiana Sports out of this. <laughs> who's well, your daddy? Who's your daddy? Tap you again next week? <laughs> yes. God this show has to end. We will tap you again next week. Take it. Will. he won't
2: tap you, I will.
3: Shut up, Megatron. You're dead. You're
2: dumb and bald.
3: (laughs) Not bald. What the fuck?
2: You're a retard. Oh, that's Kevin's line. You chase your ass when you're walking.
3: Are you you serious? Don't even go there. Quit being a drunken bastard. At least I don't chase my tail around.
2: Added all have this something post. to talk on.
3: <laughs> all right. Oh. <laughs> all right. Yeah. That's it. Goodbye, folks. Last semester,
1: hmm. Podcast. Good. Transform and roll out. We could make enough to retire to a beach island on Nebulos. So now we're picking up hitchhikers?